Hey guys, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to hearing on this program. Last night, August the 10th, Cast the Word conducted their first live stream episode. Uh, we had a great conversation and, and it was a, a great time to spend with those that were able to join. I know through uh, technology, there were some folks that were not informed um, properly and uh, other folks may have had personal obligations and were just simply unable to join. So I made a comment during the live stream that I wasn't sure if this would be published uh, for everyone to listen to. But after much consideration, I decided that I, I think I am going to go ahead and publish it. I want everyone to be able to listen that's interested in listening after the fact and just felt like that might be a good thing to do. So uh, here it is. Here's the live stream. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you're encouraged by it. And more than anything, I hope that the Lord speaks something to you in your life. That is our sole purpose and mission here on Cast the Word, to deposit the Word of God to any who's able to listen, willing to listen, or anyone who's hungry to get a little bit closer to God. So that's our mission. That's our goal. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And here it is, guys. Thanks for joining. Hey there, everybody. I hope uh, everyone can hear me all right tonight. This is the first live show that we've done. So we are definitely expecting technical difficulties and learning through this as we go. So uh, wanted to just uh, thank you for taking time out of your night tonight to tune in and listen. Um, that means the world to me. Um, and I hope as we go through tonight's episode and, and chat together that um, above all, my hope and my prayer is that the Lord speaks something to everyone's life. That's all we want in this podcast is just to do what we can with the small platform we have to do everything we can to cast the word uh, to to the world. So that's our mission. That's our values. That's our faith statement. That's what we believe in. Um, it's it's Jesus and nobody other than Jesus here. So um, again, thank you guys so much for joining. I really appreciate that. This is the first time we've done a live episode. This is the first time that uh, we've we've tried this. Um, so um, if if you cannot hear me, feel free to uh, make a comment in the comment box. This is um, definitely an interactive session, I guess. Uh, you know, we have, um, if you're on your phone, I believe that there's a, a box there that you can click to, to chat. Um, and if you're on your uh, a browser or a desktop or laptop or whatnot, you should be able to see that there too pretty easily. So uh, feel free to to say hey. Uh, feel free to share um, this live stream with with your friends or family on on social media if you feel led to do that as well. Um, only only if you feel led. We don't want to push or 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 um, try to persuade anybody to do anything like that. So, um, but with that being said, if you feel like sharing your name, um, sharing where you're from. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you hear anything tonight that uh, blesses you, uh, we do have a regular um, podcast that we that we operate here, and we strive to have episodes every week. Um, we strive to 
do, like I said, everything we can to, to cast the word. That's our mission. So you can find us on castthewordcom um, if you're interested in, in becoming a member or becoming a subscriber to this ministry, uh, you can scroll down to the bottom on casttheword.com, give, uh, provide your email address and your name there, and that will subscribe you to our email newsletter. Um, you're not going to be spammed. You're not going to be bombarded. All we do with that newsletter is just um, share what's going on with the ministry. You'll get a new email uh, or new episode notifications through email. You will receive um, information regarding uh, updates on our blog, on our blog posts, and uh, you know anything else, any other campaigns or anything else that we're going through at that uh, particular season. You'll receive those notifications there too. So um, that's really the only uh, emails you would receive. Uh, but if you are interested in staying engaged. Um, then you're welcome to do that. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and, and uh, Twitter. Um, Brandy, my my wife, uh, kind of manages the Facebook and the Twitter, or the Facebook and the Instagram, and 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 I um, am fairly active on Twitter. So um, anyway, with that being said, um, again, thank you for for joining. Um, this format definitely gives us an opportunity to chat and inter interact with each other. Um, if you feel led to do that, you're encouraged to, to do that as well. Of course, we, we always want to be respectful and, and all of that too. So, um, we decided at first that we were only going to do this private, uh, this live stream private for our cast the word email subscribers. Unfortunately, I ran into some technical difficulties. Um, so this is actually a private session. So anybody can join in. Um, anybody that finds us that's interested in joining in, they are able to do that. Uh, again, we try to do just our uh, subscribers first, but but uh, obviously this is new territory, so we found some uh, some hurdles that we had to go through and just decided to do it public our first episode. So this episode that you're listening to tonight still may be exclusive in the sense that um, we may not publish this episode on our um our uh, episode listing, so to speak. So this may be it. Um, there may not be an opportunity to go back and listen to it. So not sure um, if if we're going to do that or not. Um, so with that being said, uh, I do have some things I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, and uh, what we're going to do is just kind of treat this like a regular podcast episode. Um if, if at any point my audio cuts out or anything, feel free to let me know. Uh, but we'll go ahead and get right into it. Uh, tonight is just uh, uh, going to be a conversation about what's going on today in the world, what's going on in the church, and what the Word of God has to say about it. And some, um, some tips and tricks, I guess you could say, to help us um, navigate through this dark hour that we're living in right now. And and right now, uh, the world, you know, with everything that's going on as a believer, we are faced with surmounting pressures in life. Um, definitely more pressures in life than I've experienced in my lifetime. And talking to those that are um, years ahead in wisdom and in their walk with God, I hear the same thing. Um so many of us that that walk with Christ are facing challenges today that um, are unlike anything we've ever faced before. And if if we believe what the Bible has to say, and I believe we do, 
then we know, according to Matthew 24, that these things are going to happen. And, and in other places in Scripture, we believe that, um, you know, it's going to get dark before it gets bright. Um, but that's not to say we can't shed um, the light of Christ that's in us in the darkness of the world today anyway. it's not That's not to mean by any means that we are to roll over or hide under a rock and um, hide under our mattress and just wait for Jesus to come. That's not what we're tasked to do. Um, so my message today, I hope, can bring you some encouragement and give you some vigor and some um, boldness to stand up. Uh, that's what we need today more than anything. And we need to do that in love, and and uh, we'll get through some of that um, later on. So we're facing right now a global pandemic. Uh, coronavirus has wreaked havoc on our nation, on the globe, um, and on businesses um, across the, the world uh, for the past several months now. Um, there's arguably no end in sight. Um, if you uh, turn into the turn on the news at any point, you're going to get some negative um, feedback, I guess, about what the future is to look like with this coronavirus. Um, you know, and that's that's what the world is teaching us to live in fear and and all of that. But again, uh, that I don't believe that's what God wants us to do. Um, are we to take precautions and live in wisdom and make sure that we're doing the best we can to maintain our health? Absolutely. I'm not discrediting that at all. In fact, we encourage that, of course, that we we listen to the experts. But, you know, there's no doctor above Jesus. There's no politician above Jesus. You know, at the end of the day, what the city councilor says, what the mayor, what the state legislator, what the governor, what the House of Representatives, the United States Senate, the Supreme Court, and even the White House has to say about this coronavirus or about anything else for that matter. You know, you you hear it and you you appreciate the wisdom, but at the end of the day, it's Jesus. Jesus is still on the throne. The nations rage, but Jesus is sitting in heaven and la and laughs at the nations. Psalms 2. He is in control. He's still seated on the throne. He hasn't retired. He hasn't fallen asleep. He hasn't uh, grown weary. Jesus is calm, cool, and collected today, just as much today as he was a hundred years ago. Nothing has changed. In fact, the fact of the matter is that nothing has taken him by surprise either. We are shocked, and we may be surprised and never would have imagined that we'd be doing this, we're living where we are today six months ago, but nothing took God by surprise. He's still sovereign. He's still on the throne, and no matter what politicians say, no matter what the experts say, no matter what the elite says, and absolutely no matter what Hollywood says, I'm going to ascribe to the Word of God, and I'm going to believe and put my faith in what the Word of God has to say about me and my house. And um, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalms 91. And in Psalms 91, he, uh, the writer tells us that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. That's the New King James Version. And if you know what pestilence means, that means a deadly epidemic. He will deliver you from the deadly epidemic. What's a deadly epidemic? What's a pandemic? 
coronavirus. My word, the word of God and the promises that are in this word are what I stand on. And the word of God says he will deliver you from the perilous pestilence. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's already settled. He will deliver you. And I'm believing he's going to deliver my, me and my family and deliver you and your family. And he's going to prevent any plague from coming nigh our dwelling. If you continue in Psalm 91, it goes on to say that he uh, shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you'll take refuge. He shall not be, uh, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked." Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. And I believe that, and I'm claiming that for me and my family. In fact, just a few moments ago, I was walking around in our house praying that prayer. Um, I won't go into it, but if you uh, know me personally, you know that today was a challenging day. Um, it's been challenging all day, and let me tell you, the enemy has been working overtime from the time I woke up till right this very second to prevent me from doing it tonight. And I feel the boldness of the Holy Spirit to encourage me, to encourage you, that no plague will come near your dwelling. And I believe that the words that we're going to speak tonight and proclaim, we're going to stand on what the Word of God has to say, and we're going to get through it together. Um and uh, and and I just um, am believing and trusting that um, coronavirus is not going to come near you. Um, I'd argue that the mainstream media blows things out of proportion anyway, um, but I don't neglect to admit or confirm or believe that coronavirus is a real deal. Um, but you better believe it that uh, the mainstream media and um, the elite are definitely uh, taking advantage of this situation. Um, to create a narrative um, in our country. And I'm not ascribing to any narrative other than what's written in the Word of God. Amen. So um, as a nation, you know, once we, we got the global pandemic out of the way, but as a nation, we're right now facing national and really international social issues as well. We have an upcoming election coming, coming up um, in November, which will surely be controversial no matter what side you're on. Um, it'd be ignorant to think that if Trump wins, it won't cause controversy, and if Biden wins, it won't cause controversy. Controversy. Either way, people are going to be mad. And we're talking about a lot of uh, nasty things right now, and you may be saying, I thought we were going to be encouraging in this episode. I'm headed somewhere, okay? I'm headed somewhere, so track with me, follow with me, because I, I know at the end of this, um, we're going to be nodding our heads together and saying, yeah, we got this. Um, and I know we probably are already thinking that. But um, as a nation, we've drifted away from God, guys. Um, we, we no longer um, seek God as a nation like we once did. And the degree of persecution that the believers face today continues to rise, and it has continued to rise over the past several years. It's always been there, no doubt, but... Uh, you know, it's it's progressively getting worse and worse and, and uh, more aggressive, I guess you could say. No longer do we allow prayer in school, and to do so would be extremely controversial and offensive and would cause a lot of um, problems for you and your families if we stood on that. And, and there are um, uh, 
groups and and committees and i guess you could say within the student body that we hear about that a group of students decide to pray before a game and all of that and that's great and we should continue to do that but you know corporately that type of thing doesn't happen anymore it has to be almost as a sideline gig you know don't make don't put a magnifying glass on it don't uh, share it with your friends you know if we're going to do it we got to be quiet about it or else we may get in trouble and and uh the enemy is trying to shut us up the enemy is trying to block us from prayer and spending time with god he'll throw anything he can in this life to prevent you from getting alone with god um and we're going to get to a prescription for that here here in just a moment um my pastor yesterday preached a message on how you know judgment first comes to the house of the lord um in first peter chapter 4 and and that was such an on time word um because judgment is coming, but you better believe that judgment is first going to come to the house of God. And and when we say judgment, it's a course of of correction, really, for the believers. It's it's just like when your kid messes up, you you want to discipline your kid and, and get them on the right track um, in order to help them in the future. God's doing that for us right now. I believe it, and I believe He's He's asking us to rise up. He's asking us to stand. He's asking us to let His light shine through us now more than ever. Um, if it's not us that's going to do it, who will? If if the believers, if if there's such gross darkness outside in this world, who's going to turn the light on? There's nobody else to do it but us, friends. There's nobody us. There's nobody but us that's capable to extinguish the darkness of this world. Um, and it's really not us that's able to do it in the first place. It's the king that's living on the inside of us. You've got to pr- propel that out to the world. Let Jesus shine through you. How do you do that? You love people. Okay, it starts there. You love people despite the hate, despite the swords that come out of people's mouth these days. People are willing to cut your head off with their tongue. You know what? We love people. We, we recognize the sin and recognize the fruit because the Bible tells us to do that and have that holy judgment. But the way we execute that holy judgment has to be through love. Does that mean you're going to wather in the pig pen with everyone else? No. Does that mean that you're going to cast your pearls before the swine? No. Some, some The enemy doesn't want to talk to you, okay? He doesn't want to negotiate with you. He wants to destroy you, and right now he's using some facets of this world to do so. And really, the enemy's uh, domain is this world anyway. So, um you know, the enemy doesn't want to try to negotiate with you. So we don't have to sing kumbaya and hug everybody's neck in this world as we go out. But there is a difference between being nice and being kind. We've got to be kind about it. You know, Jesus wasn't uh, worried about political correctness when he walked into the temple and flipped the tables up, was he? He wasn't worried about being politically correct when he corrected the Pharisees for what they taught. However, he also spent time with the outskirts of society when no one else would do that. He also said to those that sin, you know, he forgave them and said, go and sin no more. You know, he did it out of love and his heart was in the right place. And we've got to examine our hearts today more than ever. What's your, what is the fruit that you're carrying with you? You know, according to the fruit of the spirit, the very first one that's mentioned is love. Look it up if you don't believe me. The very first fruit that's mentioned is love, and we've got to love. You know, the Bible goes on and on discussing the fact that it is our duty to love in such a world filled with hate. Um, 
So we've got to be diligent about that. And, and, you know, like I said, we've got to balance that. I'm not, I'm not prescribing that, you know, we walk around with a goofy smile on our face and, and hearts in our eyes, you know, we've got to be diligent and be, uh, have wisdom and discernment. Um, but when the opportunity presents itself, we can still love people and be careful with, uh, with not cutting people down with your tongue. Why? Because, you are a walking epistle. You are a walking testimony. Everything that God has done for you, you have an opportunity to use that to testify, to help bring others into, um, graft them into the vine. And that's what we want as believers. You know, whether you're a minister or not, it doesn't really matter. You're a believer of God, and your duty is to cast your net and try to scoop up as many people as you can on your way to the kingdom. Um, and that's what we're uh, prescribed to do there. So um, I kind of got, off, I kind of went down a, a rabbit trail there. Uh, let me get back. Okay, so we've got to make sure that our values are straight. Um, we we cannot prescribe a prosperity and a carnal living um, doctrine in our churches today. Um, that you know, in our churches, there are people that are sick and and that that need to hear the word of God. That's the cure for our sickness. It's not a bless me, keep me, help me gospel. It's not a prosperity gospel. Um, does God want you to prosper? Yes. Does God want to bless you? Yes. It's all through the scripture. But my point and what I'm saying is, is that we cannot sit um, in church or, or listen to uh, messages that just want to stroke our flesh and make us feel good so we can continue moving forward. That's not what we need to do. Um, my pastor uses a phrase all the time that, you know, uh, we're to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And um, I love that. You know, that's such a, a um, it's, it's just such a good way to phrase that because really if you're comfortable in your flesh, you need to be afflicted. But you've, if you're afflicted because you've messed up or, or what, what have you, you need to be comforted in the fact that God forgives and God wants to set you on the right path. And so we can't get too comfortable, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And a lot of times that comfort comes from the pulpit. A lot of times preachers today are so conscientious of the words that they use, and I understand it. You know, I get it. But they're so conscientious of the words that they use because they're afraid of being persecuted or afraid of, you know, being attacked or, you know, God forbid, being thrown in jail for, for some reason or, or something like that. You know, in the world that we live in today, it fosters the environment where people have to, you know, really contemplate the words they're about to speak before they speak them because of the fear of attack that may come afterward. You know, and, and um, that's especially as a minister or even as a believer, we all, you know, have got to speak the whole counsel of God, but we've got to do it in love, right? We've got to, we cannot neglect the scriptures in our effort to win people for the kingdom. Otherwise, it's, it's not true. Um, you know, love people, hate the sin, and learn through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of the Holy Spirit to know how to communicate and know how to effectively articulate your points in a spirit of love. Um, you know, if, if I have a tendency to snap it, you know, to fire out the mouth and, and, uh, a couple minutes later, I'm like, man, what did I just say, and why did I say that? I have that tendency. I have that uh, proclivity. It's very easy for me to snap 
off and say something uh, without thinking. And uh, it's always been a problem of mine, <laughs> um, but I'm not proud of it. But it is, if I'm being honest, uh, that is um, something that I struggle with. And, you know, it's it's something that I have to reflect back on and pray, God help me. Help me to, especially if I know, especially at work, if I know I'm about to deliver a tough conversation, help me do it with wisdom, you know, um, and, and I believe God will help you and I believe he's helped me and he'll, he'll help you as well. Um, so what's important to us today? Is it political correctness or godly wisdom? We should strive to please God more than man. Man will never be pleased. Your words with men will always be scrutinized. They'll always be judged and they'll always be ridiculed. There is nothing you can say or do that will please man. Man will never be pleased by your words. Don't even try, and it's not even scriptural anyway, to worry about it. We've got to remain focused on the Word of God and be challenged, each of us, myself included, to remain in the Word of God and to um, work, strive to please, you know, to please God more than man. When Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he used Scripture to try to knock Jesus down, did he not? But Jesus always knew the Scripture better than he did, and three times he had to remind Satan what was written. If you don't know what's written, you won't be able to counterattack when the enemy comes in like a flood. It's imperative that we stay ready and prepared in order to push back the darkness in the world today. And that's the duty of the church. The duty of the church is to be prepared to be able to push back that darkness. Um, in order for us to please God better than man, we've got to know the Scripture so that we can reflect back on it and be reminded by the Holy Spirit when the time comes to know the answer to that particular issue, whether it's a conversation or an action. Um, you know, if we don't know the Scripture, uh, how are we going to be able to fight? And um, you know, the enemy will use scripture sometimes to attack you as well. He did it to Jesus, right? Um, in the wilderness, uh, Satan tempted Jesus three times, yet yet Jesus three times said, it is written. And after enough counterattacks, um, the enemy gave in and, and left him for a little while. Uh, it's imperative that we stay ready and prepare, guys. We must be lights that can shine in this late hour now more than ever. In Matthew 25, Jesus teaches us the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Um, verses 1 through 13, I'll, I'll try to go through them real quickly, but I want to lay this foundation here. Uh, verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for, you, for us and you, but go rather to, to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came, and they said, Lord, Lord, open the, open the door to us. But the Lord answered and said, I say to you, I do not know you. 
Watch therefore, for you know neither the, the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So my question today is how much oil is in your lamp? Right now, it's getting close to midnight, guys. It's dark. And the question is, are you prepared? Do you have the oil in your lamp? Uh, when the bridegroom comes, are you going to be able to arise, trim your cord, and, and be able to light up? Or are you like the foolish virgins and don't have enough oil in your lamp? Um, so what must the church do? Well, we've got to have oil in our lamp. And in order to have oil in our lamp, we first got to ascribe to the teachings that's in 2 Chronicles 7.14. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people—notice here he's not talking to the world— He's not talking to everybody. He's specifically calling out a sector of the population. If my people, that's us, church, that's us. And, if, and, and it goes on to say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I've talked about this verse a few times before coronavirus um, with our youth group at our church, um, that there is the if-then parameters in this Bible verse, meaning that there's something that we've got to do in order to enact what God's going to do for us. God's sitting ready and able and willing to help us in this dark hour. The problem is, is that there is something that we've got to do to tap into that promise. If, my people, then I will hear. If we do something, then God will respond. So many of us are sitting here waiting, God, are you going to help us? God, are you going to do this? God, are you going to intervene? Well, what are we doing to ensure that we are setting the table for him to want to intervene? You know, it's just like in the book of Judges, we read, about the cycle of defeat, and we talked about this particular topic in um, in one of our previous episodes, and I believe it's actually called the cycle of defeat. So if you're interested in that, go back and check it out. But in that episode, we talk about the book of Judges, and we specifically outline in that book that the nation of Israel was in a cycle of defeat during that time. The cycle of defeat was sin. <laughs> it always is sin. Now, once they sinned, God gave them over to their sin, and they were oppressed for a period of time until a certain point came where they recognized the error of their ways and prayed, and then God raised the judge to save them. And then rinse, lather, repeat. It happened time and time again. You read it. If you go through the book of Judges, almost every chapter, you start out the same course. You know, uh, the people sinned. They were in oppression for X amount of years. The people prayed, God raised a judge, and the people lived in prosperity for X amount of years. Then the people sinned, you know, and it's like we don't ever learn from our mistakes. And it's so easy to look through that book of Israel and and put our holier-than-thou caps on and say, wow, they really didn't learn their lesson, did they? What, what part of staying in God's commandments did they not understand? Well, what part of saying God's commandments do we not understand? We're not perfect by any means either. Um, if we're honest with ourselves, we trip, stumble, and fall uh, quite regularly as well. Um, and God's still sitting there saying, If my people, then I will hear from heaven. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to pray. We've got to seek His face, and we've got to turn from our wicked ways. And that starts in the church, guys. If, if we want to 
push back the darkness in any in any way in this world, who else is going to do it but the church of the living God? It's up to us. And it starts out by saying, if my people, we've got to, we now more than ever, we've got to find time in our day to spend with the Lord. We've got to pray. And I, when I say pray, I'm not saying, Lord, pray. <laughs> one pastor said, um, make, you know, kind of making jest of, of people's prayers, you know, Lord, help the grass grow. We don't need a Lord, help the ga- grass grow prayer. Man, that's hard to say. We don't need a Lord, help the grass grow prayer. We need the Lord, help our nation prayer. We need to, to lay on our face once again and cry out to God deep within us, deep cry, crying out to deep, saying a two-minute prayer um, while you're laying down in bed and then falling asleep ain't going to cut it, guys. You know, uh, what, what are you willing to sacrifice to let the fire fall? The fire never fell on the altar. Read, read back through your Bible. The fire never fell on the altar. If we want the fire of God living in us, the fire fell on the sacrifice. What are we willing to sacrifice for God? What are we willing to give up for God? Technology is such a great tool, but it can so easily become an idol. You know, idols today aren't wooden statues that we're physically bowing down to. An idol today is anything that takes supremacy over the Lord in your heart. What is a priority to you? What's a priority to me? Are we making the time that we need to make with the Lord? Are we praying to Him like we should be? Are we reading our Bibles like we should be? You know, getting the verse of the day pop up through the Bible app, that ain't reading your Bible. You know, I'm not talking about plowing through a book a day either. You know, we need to read, you need to read what you need to read in order to retain it. You know, you can't speed read the Bible. Uh, the Bible is so deep, and there's so many nuggets and verses that, you know, sometimes it is just one verse, and you're like, wow, that that did it for me. You know, I need to I need to sit on this verse. I need to, you know, um, live it, walk it out, apply it, believe it, whatever. Um, sometimes it is a verse. Sometimes it is a chapter, you know. Uh, you've got to decide that for yourself, but... Uh, the best thing we can do is find a routine, whatever works for you in your schedule. You know, um, is it getting up an hour earlier or is it staying up an hour later? You know, um, with kids and with jobs, I know it's difficult. Uh, we struggle with that in my house every day. Uh, we never know from day to day what's going to come our way and what's going to prevent us. But let me tell you, the enemy makes sure something comes against you. The enemy makes sure that something will prevent you from getting off your routine to spend time with the Lord. Because prayer works, guys. The Word of God works. And if you got nothing to pray, turn to the book of Psalms and pray the Scripture. Um, some, of the, some of the best prayers I've had is reading through the book of Psalms and praying some of those Psalms out and claiming them for my life. You know, we, we've got to weep again. We've got to we've got to fall on our face and weep once more for this nation and for this world. Amen. Now is not a time to neglect spiritual things. Now is a time to go a little deeper, reach a little farther and knock a little harder. We must pray, spend time with the in the word and get alone with God. That's our encouragement, guys. That's our answer. If we really want to be effective in this world, we've got to do something. Remember Second Chronicles, if my people 
It's up to us. God, nothing about God has changed. He's still ready, willing, and able. It's up to us. Are we willing to to stand up? Are we willing to go a little farther in the Word of God? Now's the time for us to check the oil in our spiritual lamps to determine if we have enough to make it through the night. Do you have enough within you to make it through the night? Do you have enough oil to push out the darkness? That's the question we must ask ourselves. And And if you feel like you don't have enough oil in your lamp, then stir up the gift. Now is not a time to sit idly by. Now is the time for us to plow forward for the Lord's harvest. Now is the time for us to ensure that we are equipped to face this hour by ensuring we have no cracks in our armor and we're wearing the full armor of God according to Ephesians chapter 6. We've got to make sure that we're girt that our waist is girded with truth, that our breastplate is put on, our breastplate of righteousness is put on. We've got to make sure that we've got the gospel of peace on our feet. And above all, we've got to take the shield of faith with us so that when those fiery darts come, we can be able to push them back. We've got to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is a weapon. The Word of God is your weapon, guys. Just like Jesus, He used it as a weapon to push back the enemy when Satan came and tempted him. We've got to know the weapon in order to be able to use it. You can't be an expert at riding a bike if you've never ridden a bike before. You know, you've got to be able to know how to use the weapon. And it is a weapon. The Word of God says it's the sword of the Spirit. We've got to be able to know how to slay the darkness that comes against us when it will come. We've got to be watchful to the very end and pray to God. And above all, we've got to be able to stand according to Ephesians 6. We've got to, Ephesians 6, 13, let me read it. It says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Guys, it's so imperative for us to be able to stand in this evil day. Don't cower down. What I'm recommending is that we take up the word of God that is the answer and that we believe the promises that he has bestowed upon us through his word, that no evil will come by our our house, that though thousands may fall by our side, it won't hit us. Why? Because we are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, and we're abiding under His shadow. Under His wings, we're protected. We are protected by the Spirit of the living God. We're in the palm of His hands, and nothing can pluck us out. We believe that all things work together for the good, to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. We believe no more that what's within our flesh is capable of sustaining us in the future. Because in our flesh dwells no good thing. And and if we abide and try to rely on our flesh, then we're going to fall. Because we all come short of the glory of God. We've got to believe that through Christ everything is possible. We've got to not be anxious for anything, but in everything through thanksgiving and prayer, make your requests be made known to God. We've got to believe that He is the answer in this dark hour. Not the world, not politicians, not Congress. Not the doctors, you know, not that I'm saying, you you get what I'm saying. God's the great physician, okay? There's no doctor above the Lord. But I'm not neglecting that we that we go against these people. I'm just saying, where where's your mind at today? Who reigns supreme above everybody else when it comes to wisdom and when it comes to this nation? 
the voice of the politicians or the voice of God. I choose to believe in the voice of God, and I know you do too. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I hope that this has encouraged you guys today. I've uh, I've enjoyed talking to y'all. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to gain something from it. Um, I love you guys. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.